What's up, everybody? My name is Alex. We're welcome back to Gray Area, and we're back again with another interview with West End. What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, I'm good, man. How are you? Pretty fucking fantastic. Can't complain. It's yep. sunny today in San in, uh, in Oakland, um, and not raining for a day, so I can deal with it. Yeah, I'm I'm doing great as well. It's the I just got back. We could talk about this, but I just got yeah. back from a very long extended trip in Costa Rica. So I'm a little sad to be in New York, but it looks like the weather is <laughs> turning up for the better. It looks pretty sunny out. I usually don't leave my house, but um, it looks <laughs> warm. So you were in Central America for like a month, no? Yeah. So um, pretty much like all February, I was in Costa Rica, and this is like something I've been doing. This is like my third time doing it. Um, it started 2021 January because um, obviously coming off the pandemic or still in the middle of the pandemic, me and a couple friends were like, we need to get the hell out of New York. It's extremely depressing here, especially in the winter. And we were looking for places that we could like surf and chill um, and kind of like work remotely. That was like originally how it started off. Yeah. Um, so everyone would kind of like work during the weekdays and hang out at night and hang out on the weekends. Um, and yeah, we've just been going to the same spot in Costa Rica. It's called Santa Teresa. Um, and it's awesome. I've, I love it. That sounds like a great way to decompress, especially like right at the be like kind of at the beginning of the year too, before things start to get a little crazy. <clears throat> Yeah, it's kind of like almost like it's it's funny you say beginning of the year because to me it still feels like the end of the previous year. So it's kind yeah. of like I'll do my New Year's shows and then January is usually like pretty light for me. Like maybe I'll do a couple kind of like random shows, but I'm not doing festivals. I'm not like touring or anything. Um, and then I get like a whole month to kind of just like go off the grid. Um, you know, I still post on socials and I still check emails a little bit and stuff. It's not like I'm completely... Um, out of it but like yeah it's it's i get to do what i love I, I get to go fishing i get to go surfing like eat healthy work out and it's awesome it's really good for my mental health and for the music and everything so and you capped it off with edc mexico yeah yeah so this year edc yeah i played i just came back from edc mexico last weekend um and i went straight from costa rica there which was actually convenient because it's not too far but um, yeah, my first time in Mexico City, it was awesome. The festival was awesome. The people, the food, everyone yes. was there. I had a really good time. Nice. And also, you also capped it off with the release of you and Noiju's first collab, which is doing fantastically right now. Can yeah. You talk so about that? you guys have been you guys have been friends for a long time. How'd that how'd that come about? Definitely. So yeah, I've known Noizu since the end of 2019 um i played like a show with him i supported for him like the opener at exchange he, he had his own headline exchange and that's kind of like where i met him for the first time and uh actually got picked up by his managers at the time as well so oh, nice. started working with them and him a lot because um, we shared the same manager so i started playing like a lot of like support shows for him and we've just become like really good buddies over the last couple of years um he's been like a mentor to me like you know um for any like questions i have just about like dj life and business and um mental health and all this stuff um it's really good to have someone that's like already kind of like done a few steps ahead of you to yeah. kind of be like okay you know what should i do in this circumstance or um you know just to chat about but he, he's an awesome person and we're really good friends and yeah we've always we've had like a couple ideas go back and forth throughout the years um 
and like n- like they were okay and like nothing really stuck but um we kind of like it was actually funny for push to start we almost like started the process backwards where we kind of committed to finishing a song by a certain day and like yeah. having it put out so like the release was already there like we were like okay this is the date that this song is going to come out and we, the song didn't exist like we didn't have the song so we kind of had to work backwards um and yeah we my my manager michael um who same organization with, with everyone he actually sent me this amazing uh vocal um which was the one we used from the track uh from no, no messy and uh yeah we kind of built the song around that and it, it came together really really quickly actually like within like a week um, i started the idea i sent it to him he kind of finished it off and then we just kind of did back and forth um online to, to, to finish the track but yeah, we really love it. It's, it's had a great reaction. Um, got to play it out for the first time at EDC, and like I was like, oh, this this bang. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a nice mesh between your two styles, but also kind of like a little bit left of center from where, from what you guys normally do. And I was gonna ask about the vocal because the bass line matches it so perfectly that that it sounds like i was like oh did they get the vocal first and then write with that or the other way around like how does that how that even work out but it it, it meshes so well yeah yeah we, so we, we did get the vocal like i said and then we um i kind of like created like an like some of the atmospheric stuff for it yeah. and um some of like the drums and kind of like how i felt like the vocal should go into the drop um and then jacob kind of redid the bass line and it's yeah you're right it's like a super simple bass line um, but it kind of, it works with like the flow of everything. We, we wanted to do something that was like more ravey. Um, yeah. cause that's like definitely very in right now. And yeah, like, for sure. you know, I think like just to come together and do like a, a proper club track that we feel like other DJs could support. Um, we needed something that, you know, for us, it's like a peak time kind of song. Like you wouldn't play it in like a warm up set. It's kind of like, you know, middle of the set, big buildups, big drops, has three different drops in it so it's definitely one of those more like peak time things um but yeah jacob or sorry noizu who's he's just so good at making simple tracks sound really big and i think that's like a lot of like his catalog oftentimes i do too much and i'm like oh i just want to add more stuff and automate this and change this and for him it's more like okay let's try to keep it um just simple but sound like all the elements just sound really good and i think that's kind of what we did with push to start nice it sounds like you learned a lot from this process definitely no um definitely learned a lot and you know we were almost like it was funny because we just had like no time to promote the track so we were both kind of worried about like whether it would be received well um because i was in costa rica so i had no shows to play it and like noisy was just starting his tour and like we didn't really like we had like I had a couple clips from playing it like I played a show in Liverpool and I got a really cool clip playing it there but I was just like oh like the fans not even know about this yet because usually with like our style of music you kind of have to like tease it on social media yeah. and like get people excited about like the ID for a really long time but no once we kind of got it out people really loved it and it got a ton of support on like Spotify and I think it's in the top ten on Beatport now so it's a it's a great success for everyone that was involved. I love it. And this kind of like leads me into my next question. You said the last time we spoke that you wanted to be creating music, and I'm paraphrasing, for the car and for the club. Do you think that you've achieved that over the last couple of years? Definitely. Um, Yeah, that was kind of like 
I made a I made a intention at after the after 2020 to kind of like because before that I pretty much only had made like music that evoked a certain emotion which was like very like party time kind of um weird wonky like house music for the club yeah. and I like realized that like my interest as like an artist and just as like a listener and a fan of electronic music um were kind of expanded outside that like I've always loved like more vocal housey stuff um and more melodic stuff and so I've definitely been pushing that sound a lot over the last few years I guess wow it's crazy it's been a few years since yeah. we last spoke um but yeah it's it's now like definitely kind of like part of like the way I've been releasing music like some releases have been more like push to start much more like clubby there's no kind of like emotional feeling to it but like the track I put out before that running which came out in solo toko um that's definitely evokes much more of like a kind of like emotional melodic vibe so I'm still kind of going back and forth between them and finding new ways to kind of like push that sound and like what interests me but I do have some stuff coming up that's going to be kind of like in both spheres um yeah um i love to see this there's a trend now and i feel like maybe post pandemic maybe dance floors are a little bit more eager to allow people to kind of be genre fluid and allow people to take risks in their dj sets and allow people to take risks with their music but it's nice to see a lot of artists just kind of saying like fuck it i'm not going to stick to one sound i'm just going to produce what i want and and put it out because why do I have to be a one trick pony all the time? That's boring. I agree. It is boring and it's very limiting. And I think it's another thing that I've realized like for myself and I see this with other artists is like, as you grow as a DJ and an artist, um, it's very limiting to like play a certain genre of music in all the rooms and like places that you play. I mean, that's why you see a lot of people that were like maybe just doing like the tech house sound kind of expand to like techno and more like just like different like variations on like house and techno because it's if you have like a big festival or like a really big room you can't like and some people do just play like kind of groovy tech house the whole time but it's very limiting and like the energy that you can create with that is also very limiting so once i started to like play in like a little bit of like bigger rooms and bigger stages on festival i found that like i needed my own productions to kind of match some of the energy changes that I want in like a set and like yeah. also look to other people. Um, and yeah, that's why I think you see people like Dom Dalla John, like playing like techno in like sets where they maybe weren't playing it before. It's like you're playing in like a bigger room where you need kind of big room, even though it's not like big room house, you need bigger energy um, yeah. tracks and that kind of then will influence your production. So I think it's, a, it's also a product of just like house music artists getting to like these bigger stages and being like, we need different tools. We we can't just do um, what would work in like a 300 cap club um, all the time. We, we need different tools to kind of get get the set that we want. So 100%. It's exciting to see. I mean, I even saw John post yesterday about how he's excited about trance making a comeback, um, which is which will be interesting to see how that plays out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like that new Calvin Harris song, I think it comes out this week, and I've been yeah. listening to uh, the clip on TikTok, and I, at first I was like, this is weird, and then I was like, oh, this is, like, addicting, and, and Calvin's just, like, the greatest at, like, making catchy electronic music, in my opinion, like, he's yeah. he's the go to that, but, yeah, the, the trans thing's definitely coming back, I mean, it kind of, like, 
did the Trojan horse with like melodic techno where it's like those guys just kind of they were took, making trance. Yeah, pretty much just making trance. That's what everyone says. It's just but the thing is is that to take these old sounds and bring mm-hmm. them to 2023, just the way that people produce and the mix downs and, and the way things sound now, um, you can always kind of rehash an old sound because there are just new techniques and arrangements. And yeah. so even though it's like, you know, taking something from the past, it does have that new element to it. And yeah. Yeah, no, I love to see it. I mean, I was a big trance kid back in the day. And, you know, they always say there's nothing new. However, like you said, new product, like adding the new production, making things sound cleaner and bigger <coughs> and maybe crossing over genres and uh, mix- mixing everything together is what's making it interesting. For sure. Uh, um, I want to talk a little bit about you and local singles Flume remix, which was like, I know it's an edit. I know it's not an original, but I feel like it was another big moment for you guys over the last year. Um, and that track by itself, it was already huge. Um, so it must have been a little bit, I don't know how to say this, but approaching something that I song that was that big, that's remained that big over the years must have been a little bit difficult. How'd that happen? Yeah. So, um, the local singles guys, it's a duo from New York. I think, well, one lives maybe in Boston, but, um, they, uh, they were sending me demos and like edits and stuff just to play out. And they sent me like a early idea of that track. And I was like, this is great. And I haven't heard anyone like do this before. Um, and I was like, I think I don't even know if I played that version out, but I was like, hey guys, like I want to work on this with you guys and like try to get this to be something that is going to be like really massive and that like everyone's going to play. Um, and so we went back on a couple different versions and, you know, credit to them. They kind of had the original idea and the pretty much like the layout for the track. And I kind of just came in, made it sound a lot bigger, kind of like fixed a couple things, got the arrangement, makes a little bit more sense to like play out because it was kind of like in the original version, it just extended out like way too long. Mm. Um, But we we ended up with something we were happy with. And I forgot, I think we sent it to like a few people in the beginning, like John Summit was one of them. Um, And like, yeah, this in the middle of the summer, it started to just kind of get some traction from some of the DJs playing it out. And we were like, okay. And I think we tried to get it cleared. Like we, we tried to bring it up to the management of like disclosure, I think originally. Yeah. Um, and then Flume. And basically the response that we got was that, like you said, it's such a legendary track in the space and it's held, especially in like, on his catalog in such like high regard that yeah. it's they're not just gonna let people do remixes of it and it's like and especially like on like the timing that we would want um right. maybe if they saw how popular it became after and like how the streaming potential of it they would have maybe changed their mind but maybe not but basically we were like okay we're gonna put this out on soundcloud as a free download um because people were just harassing us on like social media for it and they were like please release it. Like I had this one guy like in my DMs, it was like day one of messaging for the you and me remix. And he did it for like 35 days or something. Um, and we launched it in like, we put it out in like August of last year as a free download. And I remember like out of any posts I've ever done on social media or anything I've posted on SoundCloud, like it did the best numbers I've ever seen. Um, like when we announced it, it was like, it was just crazy. And 
it just never really stopped. Like people still play it. Um, there was like a time in the fall where like everyone was playing it. Like um, big EDM guys like Zed and Martin Garrix were hitting me up for it, and like uh, Claptone like still plays it in every set. Like it was just like every Diplo, everyone was playing it, and it was like it got to the point where I was like, I started to like not not like hate the song but i was just like i'm done like i'm done reposting videos of this like i'm done like promoting it like i put it in like every single post show instagram carousel but it was it was it was amazing it definitely did wonders for i think both of our careers um it helped connect me with like the younger generation it was very popular in the college circuit and like the frat circuit i got tons of frat bookings after that um and like you still hear people like play it at like tailgates and things like that um but credit to flume i mean like we didn't really change much we just kind of like put it in like a space that can be played in like a house set um but like the 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 feeling of that track all comes from you know flume and disclosure that created it well yeah i mean i mean but props to you guys too there i mean yes you had an amazing source material but that song is and i hate to like date ourselves but that song's kind of old now Almost um, 10 years, I think. Yeah, almost 10 years. And for some of these new kids, they may not have any any context for that song at all or any understanding of, like, that's what Flume used to sound like and that's what Disclosure used to do as well. And you guys have helped, like, re- maybe reinvigorate, like, that some of that older back catalog for those guys. So Yeah, it's interesting because I wonder if, like, people that, when they hear it, if they didn't really know the original before that i still think it's such a good song that it just naturally makes you feel some type of way um even if you don't know the context but um yeah i'd I'd hope to think that like you know people if they never heard it and they they went back and and listened to the original um it 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 did i think it's had a million on soundcloud which i've never had and like uh we didn't do any like repost or anything it's just natural still get comments all the time. It's like, please put this on Spotify. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You yeah, just, right. You can't just put something on Spotify. Like, I'm going to get in trouble if I do that. But um, yeah, people people really want to listen to it on there. Um, well, nice job of reinvigorating the SoundCloud era too. Throwing up a, throwing up a nice spicy bootleg up there well, and getting some traction off of that. It's funny because after that, I was like, okay, let's do more of these like fun kind of free downloads and, and put them out. So we did like... I did a couple after that. I did uh, My City's on Fire, Jimmy Jules, which like yeah. started as like an edit for my sets. And I, I don't know. I'm almost, I used to be of the belief that's like, oh, you want to have all these exclusive edits that like no one can get. And I think that's fun to have it for like a time period in your sets. Yeah. But for me as a DJ, I can't really like I like to change things up every few months anyway. So um, I'm like, let's make this edit. Let's tease it. Let's get people excited about it. And then let's give it to DJ so that they can play it. And it's kind of like free um, marketing for yourself because, you know, DJs will download it, play it at their local venues. I mean, that's how it's always worked. But yeah, um, yeah, we have I have a new one that I'm thinking about uh, putting out. I'm not going to say what it is, but if you've been following my socials, maybe you will get a hint. But it may or may not come out in the next couple months, but I don't think I'm going to hold on to it forever. That's that's the hint. Nice. Um, I mean, Jazzy Jeff said something really interesting once. He said, die empty. For all, all producers should die empty, meaning what's the use of holding on to your music if the point is for your music to be out there in the world, making other people happy? So, you know, 
release as much as you can. So props to you for not holding on to these things or just be like, I'll hold on to it for a little bit and then you get it. Yeah, I sometimes I think I'm like, oh, if I give them out too much, does it like dilute like my worth or like brand a little bit um, or like dilute the value of like seeing me live? Um, and like my philosophy on that is like, as long as you're thinking like one step ahead and like working hard to have even more stuff that they don't, nope. you know, already have yet, then that cycle is never going to end because, you know, there's always new music to write and new fun edits and stuff to, to plan for your sets. So kind of, I, I agree with that completely. Die empty, um, give it out, you know, but I, I've always valued, I've always really liked the DJs that do do things like that. Like a big inspiration for me has always been Justin Martin and yeah. he'll have lots of edits and, you know, Oakland in the house right now. Um, he'll have lots of uh, edits and stuff that, you know, he'll, I mean, but he's, he, he's more conservative on not putting it out. Like he'll put them out maybe after a while, but, um, these like drum and bass edits and stuff. Like, oh yeah. I've always like looked up to him for that. That guy's the goat. I mean, he is the goat. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't really get too much better than that. That guy can do anything. Yeah, he can. <laughs> he's a super producer. Yeah. Um, I want to, since you were talking about local singles in New York, I want to talk about New York and your upcoming headline show with us in New York, which is like your biggest New York headline to date. Can you talk a bit about, I want to talk about one thing is you're doing it at the former outlet space. And that was another thing that you mentioned the last time we spoke was about, that was like kind of a spot that you frequented a lot. So it must be really fucking cool for you to like kind of bring your career full circle in this way. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And like when I was announcing the party, I was like thinking about that. I was like the amount of times I've gone to output both on the roof, which is like where I'm playing. So the, the show is going to be at the Superior Ingredients rooftop, which is like the former output had a rooftop. It was a very different layout than what it right. is now. Um, I actually think the layout now is like better for a show. But um, yeah, it's just the amount of times I went there and like the amount of artists I would go to see and, you know, just like a couple. I remember Dom Dalla did a show there like in 2018 or something like that on the rooftop. I've seen Justin Jay like play with his band up there. Um, in the main room, I've seen so many acts that like I love. I remember seeing Gorgon City and Solardo, Chris Lake, um, Seth Troxler, back to back Ben UFO. I was going through my phone Ooh. yesterday. I found like all these old videos, but that's kind of like where I got super into house music in New York and um, to yeah to do like my first proper headline show back there i think is, is really awesome um i'm sure like when i walk into the building i'm gonna feel a little bit emotional because i've just been in that building so much but it's gonna be really fun i'm very excited for it um it's definitely like probably gonna be the most important show i've done so far so nice i love to hear that i love to hear that like you know it means a lot to gray area too because we've followed you every step of the way because you're because you're a local and to be able to bring that full circle just means I feel like it means a lot to everybody. It's going to be a very New York show. It um, is. Yeah. I'm going to bring like I'm trying to bring out as many family members as I can, although it's giving me anxiety because I'm just like, uh, I don't want my family members <laughs> seeing weird things or whatever. But I, I brought them out to shows. But yeah, the whole team that's been like involved with putting this show on, like I've known them in New York the last couple years. And, you know, I remember getting throwing opportunities to just do like the opening slot at some of these venues in New York and to kind of like prove my worth and, and, and get that full circle. Like, okay, we're back. We get to do the headline. Um, it's going to be awesome. And I think the vibes are going to be really good that night. So 
I love it. Um, how do you put a touch of New York into everything that you do? Um, it's a good question. I think about this sometimes. Here, this is how with this hat, maybe. <laughs> uh, no, I think like, I mean, I don't know. For me, my New York attitude has like been like I just don't really give a fuck what people think, and it's like not in an aggressive way because I think sometimes it's like a that's a hyper aggressive thing, but. For me, it's like I've always just tried to do things a little differently with a little bit of edge. Um, and I think I think working hard as well, like I've always treated this as like, you know, I may not be the most musically talented person, but I work really hard to kind of get what I want. And I think that attitude has come come with me everywhere. But musically, there's definitely like a bit of an edge. Like I've been just trying to do things that um, I like and like less of, this is what is hot right now or, you know, more of, especially in my sets, like championing thing, championing. Is that how you say it? Championing. Yeah, you got it. Yep. Championing. It's a hard word, man. Championing. Championing. <laughs> um, things that just like immediately I love. Like I hear this sound, I hear this promo track. I'm like, it could be a nobody with no whatever. Um, I think I'm at the point now where I can really like push those sounds and, um, I'm going to be starting a label later this year, so I'm kind of like getting in yes. that like uh, in that A and R flow a little bit. But um, yeah, for me, there's just like an edginess to the city that I've always taken with me, and like I've tried to put out musically and just in the way that I am on on, on social. So you know, New York's always with me. I'm I'm thinking about it for branding. I've done it with like merch, done like my pizza rat and uh, I have that. and rat shirt. Yeah, that's what probably my favorite piece of merch I've done. But um, I always try to take a little bit of New York with me when I go somewhere. Love that. I love that. Perfectly answered. And you, you keep leading me into my next question. I don't know if you can <laughs> see my questions on this side of the screen or not, or if we're like in sync. I don't know what's happening. But you talked about starting a label, which leads me to my next question, which is about the producer community that you kind of like. You kind of started um, during the pandemic. I kind of wanted to get an update on how that's coming along, how mentoring is coming along, and and how this kind of all fits into you starting a label. Yeah. So for people who aren't familiar, I'll do the very quick summary. But basically, in the pandemic, I was doing a lot of music production lessons, and then I moved that over to a Discord community, and it's called Kick and Bass. Um, and we're doing really well. We've like expanded a ton, so we have a lot of coaches that are you know helping out some of the guys um other producers we have this guy million in the netherlands um this guy hater in italy we got zenlo in the, in the u.s we got zookeeper here um we got a bunch more coaches and so basically yeah you join this community and every week you get now you get two videos a week two tutorial videos um and depending on your membership you can get feedback on your music video feedback from the coach um we have around like 550 people so there's always a conversation going on on tons of different topics uh music related or music production related music related event related um it all lives within this amazing discord community and so yeah it's going great we're, we're still trying to grow it more and, and get more features for all our um all our members but the community is awesome we're going to do a, a fun little meetup at miami music week this week just so we can kind of get that digital IRL or URL yes. to IRL connection. Um, but yeah, it's such a big part of like what I do now, which is like music education and uh, kind of like this community building. And it, it's actually 
so this is the first time I've talked about this, but I'm uh, partnering with a new company um, started by a bunch of college entrepreneurs, and it's called Scraps, and it's going to be a kind of like music tech company, and the idea behind it is it's going to be a marketplace for producers to sell their project files online so that people can learn from them and kind of get it directly from the source. There's a lot of like remakes on the internet where people will be like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to remake West End's song and sell it, and I don't see any of that money, and we think right. that that's you know, not fair and it's not fair to people buying it because, you know, if you want to hear how West End made a song, you want to get that, you know, that file directly from the source. Yeah. Um, so we're launching actually very, very soon. I don't know when this interview will come out, but I, scraps will be out by then for sure. And uh, I'm super excited about it. So I'm always kind of like it's become part of my kind of my interests of just how do I make music production easier for more people and uh how do we? How can we innovate in this space? And uh, yeah, um, I love this whole idea of you educating and becoming kind of like an, an, ed- an educator in the space. Because kind of going back on something else you said, a lot of times all of these things are kept to the the producer holds on to these things like they're secrets, like they're like it's coveted, and you can't let anybody else know this. But the fact that you're willing to get out there and and help other people figure this stuff out. It's, it's you know, it's really it's inspiring, but also it's it's part of like this whole rave culture idea that there's enough for everybody, and holding on to this stuff, you know, let's let's share everything. So I I love to hear that. Yeah, I, I don't think it's it's definitely not a zero sum game. Um, meaning that if you know if I were to, to to share some information that doesn't like take away from the space. Um, and I, it took me a bit to realize this. And I, I think some people are still kind of in that mindset of like, let's keep things kind of like secretive. Or if, if I get this out, it kind of like dilutes my value, which um, I think it's fine for people to think like that. Like, you know, the idea is not to force everyone to be like, okay, let's share how we do everything. But I just think it's like a very 2023 thing to do, which is like not to kind of hold back and, um, you know, to, to, to help people discover electronic music because for me i learned on the internet 10 years ago from the people that were the few people that were doing youtube tutorials at the time i never went to school for it or anything so i kind of owe everything to the people that decided to put resources on uh on how to make music on the internet so i think it's only you know i i feel indebted in some way to the to the space to to return that favor and to, you know, for me, I'm always like finding ways to do it that takes it to the next level kind of. Um, so it started with just YouTube tutorials, but I think digital communities is definitely like the future. Um, just in general, the internet, that, that communities is, is becoming like very popular. Um, it's a really great way to learn. And, you know, that, that's why when these guys approached me scraps, I was like, you guys have a really great idea here and I'm like a, a big supporter of it. So let's try to, to build this thing together. I love it. I love it. That's such a great idea. I saw a couple of posts about you talking about <clears throat> what you're going to like, what do you think people should do with these tutorials and that? So I like how you, you've been teasing, teasing this idea without, to without tease teasing it. A little it. Bit. I think yeah. it's also another big thing with scraps just to, to, to round this off is that, um, for me, having kick and bass has been extremely helpful in my music career because it's provided an additional source of income that is a little bit 
more reliable than just shows and music because, you know, especially for an upcoming producer, you may not have, um, especially in the beginning, and this was like, it was for me, is like shows, you may only have like one show a month or you may go a month with nothing. And if you want to rely, you know, make a music, a living with music, you need like other ways to kind of supplement that. So we yeah. think that producers, if they kind of have a space where they can easily sell um, their music files and kind of earn some income on that without really doing much, just putting them up there and having this marketplace where everyone's kind of going and there's all these genres and you can kind of preview. That's really helpful for music producers as well to kind of um, create a living for themselves. So it's not just on the educator side. We want to create this for producers to make some more money. I love it. Well, well said and big ups for that and can't wait to, can't wait to see that happen. Um, yeah, before we get into the speed it. rounds, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna ask you a similar question to the one that I ended things off on last time because I like to hear how these answers change. Um, so, what excites you about the future of dance music? I'm trying. To, I don't even remember what I said last time, um, which is good, I think, because now I have a fresh slate. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're about to see a lot of new faces in the scene. Um, I think everything has moved fully onto these kind of new media platforms, which is not new mm -hmm. anymore, but for the electronic space is new, which is TikTok and Instagram reels. And I think um, the people that we're going to see kind of up next, the next classes of uh, producers are coming from these spaces. And I think someone saw this, I, this, this, uh, this woman, Danny Deal, I think I saw her. Yeah, I know Danny. Oh, Danny, yeah, she's like uh, very into the music tech space as well. I think I saw her tweet this the other day, which is that um, social media is now narrow focused or not broad focused. So you can do something that's very niche um, yep. with your music and people, the way these algorithms work is like people will get behind it without you doing like the lowest common denominator and yeah. being accessible to everyone. So I think we're going to see, well, this is what excites me is that I think we're going to see a lot of new producers do things that are very niche. Um, and that people are going to get around these people and champion them. And I think it's going to be really fun to see what sounds are going to be popular. Um, you know, just like the vibe of where, where the music's going. Um, it's to me, I have no idea. Uh, and so I think that to me is exciting. Well said. I, that's, I, that is, that's a new one for me. And I love to hear that. I love to hear that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about just kind of doing what you want to do. Um, you don't have to have a lane or if you have a lane that's really well defined and is a little weird, that's okay too. Yeah. I think, I think like with this year, we're going to see the, like the kind of peak of tech house getting its like commercialness. And I think everyone's a little bit like over the sound that was popular. Now yeah. people are kind of starting, okay, it's still in, would you know, it was great with what, what tech house did to kind of bring house and techno to the forefront, I think yeah. for a lot of people, especially like the younger kids. And I think now we're gonna see some like new branches of it, um, which is gonna be really exciting. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And now it's time for the speed round. It's not super speedy. These are just, these are a bunch of rando questions. It's easy or not. I don't know, I can't, I can't tell you. You I'm ready? I'm like a very indecisive person, so. Uh, okay, I'm, let's I'm go. gonna force you to be decisive right, right now. How, how um, long after each question do I get? Five seconds. You, I'll give you, I'll give you five to seven point seven five seconds. Okay. All right. What was your first thought this morning? I woke up 
my first thought was, damn, I was supposed to wake up at 9, and now it's 11, p- 11 a.m. Oh, I'm jealous. I, I, have, yeah, I felt haven't lazy. woken up that or late ever. I'm, a, I'm really bad at waking up early. <laughs> Would you rather never hear your favorite song again or be forced to play your least favorite song in every set you play forever? Never hear my favorite song again. All right. Would you rather only be able to whisper or only be able to shout? Um, whisper. Favorite food to eat on tour? Um, whatever, like, the best kind of local food is in that city, which doesn't, like, really answer the question. But, like, when I go somewhere, I'm always like, okay, what is, like, this place known for? So if I'm in, like, Cincinnati, Ohio, they're, like, yeah. known for, like, Skyline Chili. So I'm like, oh, I got to get this one thing that I can't get somewhere else. So it's, like, whatever's like, exclusive to that city. No, that's, like, the perfect answer because you, you did answer it. It's, it's the best thing that they make. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. Great. Um, or McDonald's. And, or McDonald's. <laughs> Consistency. Yes. Um, best New York pizza? Uh, Lucali's in Brooklyn. Nice. Um, biggest catch on your last, um, on your last uh, fishing trip? Um, well, on the last one, well, when I was in Costa Rica, we caught this really big yellowfin tuna, which was like around 80 pounds. So that was definitely <laughs> the biggest one. I went fishing like nine times there. So like... The last one, I caught like some cool, uh, they're called sand snappers. Maybe I'll send you a photo to include in the, if, you, yeah. if you're going to put this on social media. But Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll send you a photo with, the, with those fish. I'd love to see that. Um, ultimate hangover meal. Um, I need like some type of juice, like like orange juice or smoothie and like i'm probably gonna go with like a bacon egg and cheese with a little bit of ketchup on a roll just like a new york answer that is so new york (laughs) yeah that's that's probably it um what are three items you always have to have in your fridge what was the first part of that what were what are three items that you have to always have in your fridge um nowadays almond milk because i'm getting healthy and i make a lot of uh protein shakes and smoothies so i need almond milk at all times um I need some type of marinated chicken. I've been going to H Mart and getting these like pre-marinated chicken thighs. So we'll, we'll say ch- we'll say chicken, almond milk. This is such a boring answer. Um, <laughs> I need like a, a sweet as well, like in the freezer. So like I usually have like mochi, like those little the little mochi balls, emojis. Yeah, like easy, eighty calories, crazy sweet tooth. So nice chicken, almond um, milk, and mochi. <laughs> It's so, good. It's a good answer. There's nothing, you know. It's honest. If I, it's honest. It is. It's, it's sexy, totally honest. It's honest. That's what I'm looking for here. Maybe you might inspire someone to, you know, go, go out and grab some of those yeah, things. Some go to H Mart. I'd like. I'd love to go there. Um, if I looked at your recently played tunes on Spotify, what would you want to hide? Mm, I don't know. Um, the funny thing is, I actually don't like listen to Spotify just for fun like that much. Uh, Nothing really. Yeah, I, I'm not ashamed of anything. No, no guilty pleasure songs that you you don't talk about anybody else with. Um, but like that's the thing that comes back to like the New York thing is like even the stuff that like maybe like for a house music producer like seems cringy like it's not to me. Um, I guess like maybe like sometimes like some really, really old like like 
sandstorm Darude kind of stuff, but I'm not like ashamed of that. But like like the base hunter, remember base hunter? Yes. Like oh, Dota. yes. That's yes. not very oh. recent, but there was I, I went last year at some point and was listening to a lot of that. So we'll that's not embarrassing though. I like that. That's, that's what I'm saying. Know, I'm not really embarrassed by yeah. it. Yeah, I love cheesy shit, shit, man. That's what I'm saying. It's like I, I'm not embarrassed by anything. I love that. Um, what's the wildest thing you've ever seen someone bring into the club? The wildest thing. Yeah. Well, I just posted this thing on TikTok the other day because I went to go see Peggy Goo. And this woman had her ring light out for legit 10 minutes. It was like on her phone and it was like the brightest thing. It was like a like an like an owning beacon or something like like to like find like a lost person and i posted on social media and then like all these people started just like let her do what she, let her do what she wants blah, blah 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 so i'm gonna say right now like ring lights like don't bring any type of ring light to the club um if you do do it in the bathroom or something like don't have it out on the dance floor because it definitely kills the vibe I'm with you. Somebody, uh, a friend of mine, posted one from Skyline a couple I weekends heard a lot ago. Of had them there, yeah. Yeah, and look, there's like art installations all over the place. Take it there, but the dance floor is for vibing out and dancing. Exactly. And not I have no problem getting, like, with yeah with, with the idea of like taking selfies or having fun or doing whatever you want. Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. But it's like if it's gonna start to kind of mess with other people's experiences then then it's it's annoying and you should you know take it somewhere else but You've i'm going to say gone to the dark side at that point yeah the light <laughs> um, <that's> <laughs> what's worse random people you haven't spoken to in years hitting you up for guest list or a hangnail i get hangnails all the time i i, I would say a hangnail to be honest because i just ignore those people or I, i'm just like sorry i have no more like i'll just lie and be like all oh, the guest list is full but like I get hangnails all the time. That could be like a three-day thing. I bite my nails. It's not a good habit. Dude, you were the <laughs> I feel first, like I'm the first have, person to say You are. Hangnails. I've been asking this question for, for a year. For a year. I've probably asked this question. We've probably asked this question for by at least 30 or 40 people. And you're the first person to ever say hangnails. So hats off to you. I will say it's, it's annoying. If they directly ask for a guest list, it's whatever. If they start to talk to you, so that you're like responding to them and then they sneak it in. It's way harder to ignore it because it's like you've already like started that convo. So those people are probably more annoying than hangnails, but the just direct of like, yo, can you hook me up for the show? It's like, whatever. No. I used to do that. I still do that. <laughs> I do that all the time. Art. I love it. And the last question, finish this sentence. House music is? Sexy. Yes. First thing that came to mind. Absolutely. Well done. Fun. I like that. Uh, I feel like I yeah. just I feel like awake right now. So there you go. That's something. what the speed round's supposed to do. It's supposed to invigorate you. I ask all the cr the, the the deep questions at the beginning, and yeah. then we leave you off with a, a little bit of a smile and and like uh, up up to the end. It's good. It's good. Uh, it's a good flow of an interview. This was great, by the way. Oh, thank you, thank you. Well, it was great for you too. I um, last time it was a lot of fun, and you know it's great talking to you. And we're super excited about having um, having you out for your headline and just always and forever excited to see you. Actually, you were one of the last people I saw play before the pandemic ended. I think I remember this. Where was In it? In San Francisco. You played it. Uh, no? no, it was, um, was that, that weird. It used to be Ruby you? Sky, but it's like not. With Dombrowski? Yeah. Yes. Yes, Dude, yes. That was like the week. Yeah, that was like the week before the like everything closed in March. Yes, I had like a sh I played a show the next day with Gorgon City at 
Public Works that was uh-huh. like slammed out. And me and my wife walked in and I was like, I went out yesterday and I'm going out today and there's this thing happening. I don't know if I should be doing this. I remember but that. That was like, it's like a peak memory for me because it's one of the last things I did before everything ended. So you're always going to like hold high regard in my, the last my dance memory music memories. The world went to shit. Yes. Yes. You ended with a, a remix of, of ABBA. Gimme, like gimme, gimme. Sounds like, yeah, before that became like the most overplayed house track ever, I think. Yes. <laughs> because I'm embarrassed now. We, we have a joke with my friends that it's just like, like one of, one of our DJ friends is like a local guy in New York. Um, it's just a good joke on like betting if he's like the over under of like him playing that song at like a certain night. Because it's like, <laughs> you think you're not going to play it, but then it's like you just have like... Oh, these like annoying white girls like they're not dancing and you're like I need to play it to like get the dance floor going because it's just like that's what that track does it works it, it works. works I have one I have one of those I have a breaks remix of Too Short uh, Blow the Whistle and in the Bay Area course, no matter yeah. what you can drop that song and anytime the you know the part I can drop the volume out and everybody yells bitch yeah exactly like nobody's business like and I don't even know if I like that song anymore, but I'll still play it. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you got to just, you know, that, it's like a DJ thing. It's like you got to do it for the crowd. It's like you're over it, but it's like you know they're going to have a good time. So it's like play, it. play it away. Still brings a smile to my face. Well, thanks again, dude. Much appreciated. And, yeah. um, you know, I don't know when you're coming to San Francisco next, but um, I will be there. Yeah.